0: You know what, Chad? We're a little team. Me as the host who could still do it, and you as a student who can do it just not as good. I'm proud of us. On this episode of Moving Panels, we discuss Spider-Man into the (laughs) Spider-Verse. Welcome to Moving Panels, the podcast where we discuss movies and TV shows based on, inspired by, and adapted from the world of comic books. I'm your host, Laramie Wells, and joining me in the co-host chair today is Chad Smith. How are you, Chad? I'm doing great,
1: Laramie. Uh, Just really looking forward to this one. uh, Spider-Man, to me, is uh, much the way that you describe Superman uh, as your kind of inspiration and entry into this world, and uh, I just uh, love this and, and... Ready to get into it.
0: I oh, yeah, Spider Man was just like I had Spider Man pajamas. I had the little, uh, like, had like a spider bike, like a little motorcycle. Mm-hmm. So I was all into Spider Man. Yeah, but I mean, well. I'm
1: meaning more in the like philosophical way that you were so inspired oh, okay. by yeah. Superman. I uh, get you. Yeah, Spider Man to me is that like approachable every kid, uh, which is of course the entire point of the movie that we're about to get into. So
0: yeah very much so. So we are talking about the animated Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Uh we had Toby Maguire's trilogy in the 2000s. We had just been introduced into Andrew Garfield's and it is we we have we have teased into the <laughs> Tom Holland yeah. Spider-Man by this point. But uh this movie was released um I mean, we're really close to an anniversary here. It's released on December fourteenth, two thousand eighteen. So this was a Christmas movie. Yeah. I, I don't have an awful lot about the background of this movie. I know that it was announced right around the same time that Sony had their massive uh, leak, mm-hmm. their internet leak. Um, this came around. They said, okay, well, you know, we're we're going to do a we're relaunching Spider-Man, but as animated. And then people were very. Curious how that was going to work with the fact that the MCU was bringing Spider-Man in. Right. Tom Holland. And uh, then, of course, it was announced it was Miles Morales. And comic book geeks just lost their mind. Yeah. Because that's what a lot of people had been wanting. We want Miles Morales. Uh, So we'll get into the characters in a minute. One thing I do want to talk about with the movie is... So it was produced and, I think, written... By Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, who, I mean, if you want to talk about being able to do comedic animated movies, these are the guys behind Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. These are the guys behind the Lego movie.
1: Yeah, and they had just been fired off of Solo and were given this. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So, because uh, there was a lot of talk, you know, when it finally did get nominated for an Oscar as best animated feature and everything, uh, is it being kind of like their redemption statement from that? Which I mean, I don't know if you can make that case because obviously it's two extremely different projects. Maybe they weren't a good fit for one, whatever. But, uh, but yeah, they had just been canned on that and and got shoved into this uh, very fortuitously, I think, for us as an audience. So.
0: Now, I have to tell you, I was surprised when I'm watching the credits and I also see on this, it was three names for produced. You had Phil Miller, Christopher, or excuse me, Phil Lord, Christopher Miller, and Avi Arad. Avi Arad's name appeared as a producer. And I was like, it's been so long <laughs> since I have seen. Avi Arad's name pop up on a Marvel movie. Yeah, I can't even think of what the the last one was that he did because he was you know of course the guy behind all of the Marvel Studio movies of the early two thousands. Right. You know, he was yeah, behind all know. of that. Yeah, I should have looked it up. Like, what was the last? Let me, let me, <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about it. Let's do it. This is the part of the show where Laramie Google something really quick. <laughs> let's see. So he was. Well, he was. He was a producer on the Amazing Spider Man movies. In twelve and fourteen. Uh, and so he's he's behind all the Spider Man stuff because he was a producer on Venom, oh, which came really? out the same year.
1: I did not know yeah. that. That's crazy.
0: He's he's uh and then Venom Let There Be Carnage, he's a producer, he's a producer of Morbius. Ooh. So he's still got his hand on whatever Sony that license portion. agreement was yeah. that yeah that's interesting. That Sony and Marvel made. He's still got his hands on that. Um yeah, I mean that the same guy who Produced all those from the early 2000s. Not that they were all good, but Daredevil, Hulk, Punisher,
1: uh,
0: and then Elektra, Um, (laughs) Man-Thing. And then I always like to throw this in too. He was the producer of the Bratz movie. Really? Yes. Like He's got all of these comic book (laughs) and then Bratz. Oh, I did
1: not know that. That's pretty funny.
0: And then the last thing I'll say about production is, of course, uh, this movie also um, was one of the final cameos
1: of Stan Lee, who had
0: just passed away a month earlier from the release of this movie. So not only do we get a great cameo from Stan Stan Lee, but we also get the the In Memory Of at the end. Uh, Pairing him up with Steve Ditko, who was also key in creating spider-man um, right. among many of those other characters
1: yeah that i don't know uh that one makes me uh you know a little teary-eyed when i've watched that portion of it of course i mean it's a it's a uh emotional portion of the movie anyways but uh knowing that it i'm i can't remember now i mean it's been a few years but i i think it was maybe the last one that he uh recorded, recorded. yeah mm-hmm. it, so but uh but anyways yeah
0: yeah all right well let's get into the characters cuz there are a bunch of them <laughs> um so we will start off with the the main character the hero Miles Morales uh, aka Spider-Man yeah uh the character first appeared in Ultimate Fallout number 4 uh, just a few years earlier August of 2011 that is where we are introduced to Miles after the death of Peter Parker, so very similar to what happens. Not the same way, right. But very similar to what happens in the movie, is he becomes uh, Spider-Man following the death, and he actually starts off. They do it where he's uh, doing a costume. He starts off wearing pretty much the Spider-Man outfit, right? And then once people say to him, "Look, that's in bad taste." That's when he decides to change it to the black suit. So.
1: Which I liked a little kind of nod to that uh, with him being made fun of in the movie for wearing his own merch. And then later you get the scene with Peter B. Parker where uh, he's wearing a cape. What are you doing wearing a cape? And he rips it off. Him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so I good. I thought it looked cool. No, it's not disrespectful. Cool. It's
0: not cool. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs>
1: that's yeah. so good.
0: So let me ask you, Chad. So I I know of Miles Morales, mm-hmm. but I have read very little of Miles Morales. So can you in- inform us of your knowledge of Miles Morales?
1: Unfortunately, I don't have a lot of Miles Morales knowledge, not because of lack of wanting to know it, but uh, that was... Very soon after I moved to Alaska, that first comic run of Miles Morales came out, and then I had kids, and as we all know, you don't get to have a life, oh, yeah. So <laughs> that
0: takes some that takes some time out,
1: <laughs> yeah. So I had to actually dip back in, uh, just just because of this, because I was interested in in Miles after the movie and everything, Uh but yeah, interesting character altogether. Just a lot of the same powers. He's actually you can make the argument that he's more powerful than than our you know peter parker normal spider-man but he's also just i kind of like how the character has uh both in the comics and in uh in the film um just has this a little bit more innocent quality and that's saying a lot because peter obviously is a pretty innocent kid too but he's got you know quips and all this kind of stuff whereas miles kind of wears his heart on his sleeve a little bit and i think he's it makes for a pretty endearing character
0: yeah I, I like that, uh, and again, I don't know what, what it is in the comics. I did read the Spider-Verse, so we'll get into that mm-hmm. in the moving panel. So I know that level of the story. Right. But yeah, I didn't go into the, the back parts and all that. I like that this movie doesn't really, it was like, okay, look, he's the new Spider-Man. Look, here's a radioactive spider. He's going to get bit by it. Voila, there you have it. And they explain nothing about where did the spider come from. Why is there another radio? spider? Well,
1: they give spider? you a little bit because a little. because it yeah. keeps doing the same. Uh, it, it clearly was not from our from, however you want to word it. That world, it was brought there uh, because of the rift. Because it does the same. Um, what is it that Peter B. Parker's character later the glitches? Yeah, yeah. When his, his atoms yeah. aren't uh, liking being in this world. So, uh, so I think. And they just sort of left you with that. So that's mm-hmm. that's the way it happens. But you, yeah. But you don't get, you know, this long drawn out uh, origin story. I do, however, <laughs> love the anticlimactic element of that when the spider bites him and he barely even realizes it and just reaches down and kills it and brushes it yeah. off. It's one of my favorite scenes.
0: I, I know in the comics though they do give an explanation for the spider that bites Miles that it's a genetically engineered spider that Norman Osborn mm-hmm. is working on, you know, kind of, kind of that Lex Luthor Superman kind of dynamic right. where he's trying to, to find out the source of Spider-Man's powers. Uh, so I do know there's that aspect of it. Um, in fact, while we're on Norman Osborn, Osborn real quick, uh, what were your thoughts about this take on the green goblin? <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: it's super interesting. Um, I mean, he's apparently lost his humanity altogether in this particular universe uh, and is just, a, It's. It, I don't know, it was kind of fun in the sense that it's like the opposite of Smart Hulk. You know, yeah. he, he just became all monster instead of uh, keeping his intelligence. It clearly thematically works because you need the giant... You know, power monster that's not thinking things through to hold Peter Parker into the the antimatter stream that brings the Spider Verse into existence and everything. So, uh, thematically, it worked. It's kind of interesting, and he seems to have perished. I mean, you never yeah, see the I character. What again.
0: happened to Yeah, what happened to him?
1: He's he's dead. I think like he's just laying there. <laughs> Miles walks right in front of him after the whole machine collapse deal and. Uh no it's it's pretty yeah I I do like that you'd never see Norman Osborn just this terrible yeah. monster giant version. dragon yeah. looking yeah
0: <laughs> uh Miles Morales in this you know we got to talk about he's voiced by uh I think it's pronounced Shamik Moore mm-hmm. which uh not a really well known I would say actor you know he has appeared in uh, a few things but not you know mainstream. In my personal opinion, right? You know, he's he's been in a few uh, movies and a few television things and whatnot. And I was honestly surprised when I How did look him is. up to find out. Yeah, to yeah. find out that he's a he's a grown man because
1: yeah. he sounds like a kid in this uh, film. Yeah, I'm actually kind of pulling for him because he's. Like in a lot of his uh, pictures, you see him of he has facial hair and stuff like that, so he clearly is the grown man you're referring to. Uh, but I am sort of hoping he gets to play the character in the MCU Live sooner, action. yeah, because yeah. he's a, he could play a young guy. Like I feel like if he shaved or whatever, uh,
0: but oh yeah, and he's from Atlanta, so I've got a yeah, I got to give him the credit there too. Yeah. Uh, moving on, let's talk about Peter B. Parker. I, I love how they just threw the B in there to separate him. <laughs> so from you know the, the two, yeah, I mean yeah, the other Peter Parker. That's how you tell the difference. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who don't know, I mean his middle Peter Parker's middle name is Benjamin. Yeah. And so you know that wasn't like something crazy to call him Peter B Parker, uh, and it had no basis in comics other than that is his middle name. Yeah. Uh, so as far as I'm concerned, even though he might be from a different dimension. This is this is a Spider-Man. This yeah. is yeah. there's nothing different about his background and his story that we have not seen in the main line, right. Of Spider-Man, yeah, I'd agree with that. We do find out. I, th- I don't remember if they say it exactly, but he does kind of lay out a timeline, and we find out that he's in his late 30s, mm-hmm. and so and of course he's uh, lost some of his uh, spider definition uh, <laughs> muscle definition a, but i love how as he's telling the stories he's saying like you know i um uh, i was at my apartment you know, doing some crunches yeah. dude getting yeah. strong shows <laughs> chosen yeah.
1: eating pizza uh which who was voiced by jack uh, I do always do this. jake jake johnson yeah. big jack johnson fan also super confusing <laughs> uh i was very unsure of that the first time i heard the casting uh, I mean, and to be fair, you know, that world Spider-Man who spoilers, if you haven't seen the movie, uh, is killed and what the first 10 minutes. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty, pretty quick. Sh- he, it's Chris Pine. So you have Chris Pine cast and that, and then you have Jake Johnson, big fan, love new girl, yeah, but love new like girl. was sitting here going, uh, I don't know, I don't know about this <laughs> and yeah. he kills it.
0: Yeah. He does a great job. Uh now going into your casting, were you aware that they actually did consider Toby McGuire yeah, for the voice? Yeah, I remember hearing that. Uh, I thought that would have been fun. Yeah. Um and, and we'll get to this in the movie panels. There's also a reference to him in the comic run. Yeah. Uh so we'll get to that. But yeah, so we got Peter B. Parker as the mentor of our new Spider Man Miles Morales even though he's a mentor. little yeah yeah that's what i was Reluctant about to get,
1: mentor we'll say that doesn't
0: really want to to begin with um i love i love his uh line of when he tells them to start swinging when they're escaping from the facility and he goes but i don't know how and he's like well the best time to learn is in a life-threatening crisis yeah
1: uh- <laughs> It's so good.
0: Next up, we've got who I think probably takes the uh, third lead in this, and that is Gwen Stacy, Spider Woman, mm-hmm. or we just throw it all together and we call her Spider Gwen. She debuted actually in the storyline that led to this movie. Right. Uh, she debuted in Edge of Spider Verse number two uh, in 2014. And pretty much her story is the Peter Parker story, just flipped. She's the one that gets bit and not Peter, Uh, so she gets the powers, and then just like in the main storyline, Peter ends up falling to his death, and she couldn't save Peter, and so instead of Peter not being able to save Gwen, it's just flipped on its side there.
1: You see, so, and she later, because she has her own run as Ghost Spider, um, not called spider gwen anymore and everything uh but she i'm trying to remember the run where it it's actually directly taken in the movie so the that peter becomes lizard and she can't save him he's he perishes it even references in the movie it references her saving her dad which that's a, a cool yeah. run uh her dad has to, holds her at gunpoint and unmasks her and um kind of kicks her out of town almost and she goes on the lamb and goes to the UK where she meets Spider UK which what a incredible name character that is yeah. but but anyways yeah so they they did take quite a lot of the elements directly from the books for for this particular character
0: I just found it interesting that her character comes into uh, this dimension, this world and her immediate thought is I need to infiltrate the high school
1: yeah (laughs) she says her spider sense told her that, I'm like man your spider sense is a lot more uh, uh, explicit than all the other (laughs) spiders But anyways,
0: I always love, though, how when they meet each other, the spider sense is like the, you know, them, oh, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> seeing each other and knowing it's like they all of a sudden all know, like who each other is. I, I didn't. So to uh, be fair.
1: No, you're right. Except for when Miles Morales and Gwen meet. They're the only ones that don't. True.
0: Cause they I didn't meet, think about yeah. that until you just said that. I didn't think about that either.
1: Yeah, everybody else true. did except for them. Hmm. That
0: is true. Oh, That's man.
1: Weird. We found the one plot hole. So. Uh-oh.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gwen Stacy is voiced by Haley Steinfeld, who is now hmm. a part of the MCU as Kate Bishop on the show Hawkeye. Uh, and there's actually a lot of other connections we're going to get into mm-hmm. of people who are actually part of the MCU. Uh, but that that takes care of Spider-Gwen. We'll move on to the other three. We'll probably hit these pretty quickly. Uh, Spider-Noir, uh, who... Uh, Spider-Man-Noir, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Who debuted in the comics in an actual short little run called Spider-Man-Noir back in February 2009. Uh, the way this character, as they kind of... <laughs> they 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 kind of wanna show and they do it very quickly. He's bitten by a spider that came out of an ancient artifact. <laughs> and and they kind of imply that his powers, if you read the comic, they kind of imply that his powers are more mystical. Yeah. Because he he passes out and he has this vision of a god and the spider uh you know totem or whatever. Right. And that's where he gets his powers from. Uh and then L- we have him in this movie, voiced by Nick Cage, yeah, who also does
1: a phenomenal job. <laughs> his yeah, his whole obsession with the uh, Rubik's cube. Yeah, I'm taking this like, with me, and he <laughs> returns to his world. Uh, at least we get to see him solve it. And We get to see at the <laughs> yeah. end. We get to see that he solved it. And uh, uh, yeah, just the whole punching Nazis thing. Like it's it's a cool character. It also is weird to me. So this is a total nerd side note. It's like the only Earth that has a five digit number is his home yeah. home Earth. It's like nine thousand, you know, fifty four or whatever. I can't I can't remember the the actual number, mm-hmm. but it's you know most of the rest of them are two three digits tops. And then apparently to get that weird, you got to go way out in the in the uh, multiverse. So, <laughs>
0: but anyway, yeah, I always find it fun uh, when they number they, they do this in DC too. When they number the universes, it's like, is there any reason for this number? <laughs> right. You know, it's cause you know, they, they established that, you know, Michael Keaton's Batman is in like earth 90. Yeah. Why? Earth 89, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's it, because that's when the movie came out. Yeah. Um, you know and they, they do things like that, but yeah, that big number you're like, shouldn't it just be like Earth 32 yeah. because it yes, it's real. taking place in the 30s? Yeah, I don't know how it's going. Uh, then we also get uh Penny Parker, uh, who also just like uh Spider Gwen debuted in the Spider Verse uh comics, also mm-hmm. in Edge of Spider Verse number five. Uh, The way that her story works is that there is a radioactive spider, but she doesn't get her powers, per se, from the radioactive spider. Instead, when the spider bites her, her and the spider have a psychic link. With a robot. And then, yeah. And then her father has built this mech robot thing, (laughs) which the spider controls. Right. But she also controls, and in the comics, it makes it also it makes it more sound like she controls it psychically, versus uh, her being actually like her entering the suit, right, like right. we see happen in the mo- in the movie. Um. So yeah, that that's a weird. <laughs> I will say I love I love the anime style to her. Right. Uh, we didn't talk about that with uh, Spider Man Noir the where you could almost see the pencil etchings on him sometimes.
1: And Uh, the wind is always blowing, no matter
0: what. Yes. Whether they're in a building. I the wind with me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's great. Wherever I go, the wind goes. (laughs) Or whatever it is he says.
0: Yeah. Uh, So, any thoughts about Penny Parker?
1: No, I mean, you kind of see what you get. It's it's a cool character.
0: Yeah. Uh, And then we got probably the one who tries to steal some of the movie. (laughs) And that is uh, Peter Porker. Yeah. Spider-Ham. Who debuted actually a lot earlier than I think people probably would would be surprised to find out. He debuted in Marvel Tales. That's (laughs) T-A-I-L-S. Marvel Tales starring Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider-Ham, way back in November 1983. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> i i honestly was surprised to find out that he was that old
1: yeah what a crazy choice to add to the movie like you 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 kind of want to sit in on the pitch meeting as they start to flesh this whole thing out uh, because as we'll go into it in the moving panel section like these are a minute portion of the spider people that are used in the Spider-Verse run of the comics. Yep. And so I of
0: oh. well, but Gwen Stacy and Spider-Ham do are a little bigger. Like Gwen has her own little, uh, missions that she goes on mm-hmm. that we see in the Spider-Verse storyline. And then Spider-Ham is always there to say something or do something. Well, I don't
1: disagree with you, but yeah.
0: if you, if you were
1: making a movie I'm sure there were some executives that are like, "We're not, we're not doing that, right?" Like, we're, yeah, you know, kind of, because it, it definitely brings an entirely different dynamic to the storytelling. But
0: yeah, so they again, they give his uh, background story, but I, I do want to relay it because I just find this one hilarious. So he was actually a spider,
1: right? Bitten by. A radioactive pig.
0: By a radioactive pig. (laughs) Which then turned him into a pig, but he still had the proportional strength of a spider. And if you notice, he
1: eats a lot of pork based products, which is really comical, like through the through the whole thing, but it's very funny.
0: And and, uh, he he is
1: yeah, sorry. No, no, I was about to bring up the same thing.
0: Oh, and He is voiced by John Mulaney. Yeah. Uh, whatever your uh, thoughts about the person, John Mulaney. Uh, <laughs> John Mulaney is a funny dude. Yeah, he is. And so he does bring a, a, a another level to that character.
1: What do you think of the, uh, well, that's all folks line? I liked them, it. And then pointing out. Can he legally do that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. man. I, I got a kick out of it. Yeah. There was something else, but I can't remember what it was now. I love when he, at the end, when they're all saying their goodbyes and he just hands Miles his mallet.
1: Yeah. It'll fit in your pocket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that and yeah. my other favorite part uh, that he does is when they're all hovered on the ceiling of Miles's dorm room. And his roommate mm. is in there. They're trying to hide from the roommate. Yeah. <laughs> do they? Do, do we animals have talking, talking animals <laughs> yeah. in this world? <laughs> I don't want to freak him out. Uh,
0: also, yeah. love when he just drops the anvil on Scorpion. Yeah, like just out of the blue, just anvil. And the uh, uh, and, oh, and then and then Scorpion turns. I wonder. I really think this was meant to be tongue in cheek because uh, it all depends on how you interpret it. Uh-huh. Scorpion turns and he goes like. You know what are you supposed to be? You know some sort of crazy animated cartoon, right. and he goes, "Wait, you have a problem with cartoons?" Yeah, yeah. and it's almost like you're going, "Oh yeah," because yeah. he's also a cartoon.
1: Because we're all adults watching a cartoon that yeah. and, you know also <laughs> like it's very meta. There's a lot yeah. going on there, but and uh, I also love the line when they're all trying to infiltrate um, Kingpin's party, and they're sitting there, "What a pig." <laughs> I'm yeah. right here. <laughs> it was so good.
0: Uh uh well you mentioned Kingpin. Let's uh talk about Kingpin really quick. Uh voiced by Leaf Schreiber. So mm-hmm. there's another Marvel connection, the former Sabretooth from uh X-Men Origins Wolverine. Okay, Shirely- the movie which shall not be named.
1: Yeah. Sheerly <laughs> from a Voice acting perspective, honestly, the most impressive to me. I could not have told you in a no. hundred viewings of this that that was Leave Schreiber had I not seen the credits and knew it. So uh, I think he does a, a phenomenal job as well. What's your take what on you... this
0: Kingpin? That's what I was about to ask you. Is what what, what was your thought of the? Th- so you know, I'm. You talked about Spider Man. You know, and I've said this on the podcast before, you know, I got into Daredevil Uh as one of my early comics. And of course, you know, so I knew Kingpin and all this Kingpin, whoo, big dude.
1: Yeah. Brutal.
0: Very big dude. Um, in fact, there's the part where Miles watches him pull up in the SUV and I notice you don't actually see him get out of the SUV. You see right. the SUV pull up, and then in the next shot he's standing next to the SUV. He's too big.
1: It wouldn't have looked yeah. right. I'm like, been, how yeah. in the world yeah, yeah, I would
0: have loved to have seen how they animated that. Yep. Um But here's my other question Is Are they implying that maybe he has some sort of like superhuman strength? It certainly
1: seems that way. I, I
0: mean, he I've, throws a car.
1: Yeah. I, and yeah, among other things. Yeah. He's, yeah. um, I, I think so in this particular universe. Uh, I have kind of wondered since we were just talking about spider ham and his little bit of a meta joke about, you know, disliking cartoons and everything. I kind of think that this was a smart take on the villain in that sense. Like they didn't stick with the main line, you know, way that you view, uh, uh, Kingpin and, um, I also, I I don't know. I was unsure about them using Kingpin because, as you have mentioned, he, he is a spider villain. You know, you see him in Spider-Man I mean, Runs first, from time to time. Yeah, he
0: first appeared in Spider-Man. Yeah.
1: But I wouldn't call Kingpin a Spider-Man arch nemesis. He's no. not even close to being on Sinister Six level of Spider-Man nemesis intimacy, whatever you want to call it. Uh so I it, you know he is more known for his daredevil runs these days uh especially since correct me if i'm wrong but the the Netflix daredevil had already come out. Yes. But so yeah we've seen the the Vincent D'Onofrio daredevil uh a live screen so this was a very i think it was smart in using a very different take on that character. Uh and it was smart that they got away from the Spider-Verse books and the villain uh you know Morland, who's very not well known, I would say. Uh, uh, so it, it was a it was a good choice, even though I wasn't super happy about it when I first heard about it. I don't know if you had any kind of feelings about that one, but
0: no. I mean, uh, and you are right. The, this kingpin actually came. We were introduced to this kingpin. The Netflix show had actually just finished the final season.
1: That's season what I three. thought.
0: Yeah. Um I think it was like October was when they aired those episodes. And so now it's uh December. So yeah, it just finished that I here's the other thing I want to talk about though with this Kingpin. Did they need to give him the wife and son story arc? Well, like, a, other than it being the motivator for wanting to open the dimensions. Right. Did the, it it almost gives him a little bit of being a sympathetic villain and I don't think this Kingpin needed that.
1: Mm, I I I rarely think that being a sympathetic villain is a negative. I, I, think- I agree. I think most of the time it makes the story much more interesting. I do think that just from basic plot point, I don't, I don't know how you get to them building the collider without it. I mean, it, w- it would take something very similar, anyways. Um, I and you do, and maybe this is a very small point, but you do also get that that's why he kills Spider Man. The the. Chris Pine Spider-Man because it makes him so enraged when when Spider-Man tells him that you know I saw what you were doing and, and it's not going to work and it, that's why he kills Spider-Man is because it made him so angry so um, I, I think you have a kind of a string of things that it's very difficult to explain if you didn't have that storyline but
0: oh, yeah I, c- I can see that I uh, yeah I think there was just so I mean this is a animated movie that's two hours long. And it's packed full of stuff. Yeah, and it's packed full of stuff. So I think <laughs> I'm more just looking for, is there something that maybe they could have taken out? But you got a point there, so I guess not. Let's, let's move on really quick. What did you think of there's probably not a lot to talk about here, but what did you think of uh, Catherine Hahn's take on Doc Ock?
1: So um, it makes for one of the best lines in the movie when Peter B. Parker says that he'll have to uh, how how does he word it? Man, I wanted to write this down when I was rewatching it. He said he literally says I'll have to review my personal biases, something to that effect. When uh, when Miles tells him that Doc Ock is a woman in this universe, it's one of my favorite mm-hmm. lines in the entire thing, and it's so well done. Jake delivers it like so low key that you could just walk right by it and and not catch yeah. it. It's great.
0: Yeah. Also, when she goes, I bet your friends call you Doc Ock and uh, <laughs> she says, no, they actually I forgot what her first name was, but, you know, she says, no, they actually called me Claire or whatever it was. Yeah, I can't um, remember now. Yeah. And she goes, my enemies call me Dr. Octopus. Uh, I like the whole take, though, like she's
1: yeah. visibly
0: different. She went
1: with a uh, more organic, look like organic material. Yeah. Uh, Than the the metal ones that we're used to, you don't get like the heavy. You get a a white lab coat, not the, you know. I guess Doc Ock wears a white lab coat too sometimes, but yeah. you, you you often get more of like a trench coat look from from the Doc Ock that we know now, and uh, it's it's pretty. I like her standing up to um to Kingpin when you get those little interactions between the two of them. Uh, mm-hmm. it, she she does a great job. Uh, her semi-psychotic uh voicings how she just immediately starts poking and prodding peter b parker and and Mm -hmm. to his face is letting him know that he's no more than a fly she's put on a board and is gonna tear apart you know kind of thing it's very interesting
0: so to my knowledge though this doc ock has no no connection to the comics. Correct. I Correct. don't know of any yeah. other. Yeah. That this was a special Dr. Octopus created for this movie. Um, I also heard, I read rumors that apparently Catherine Hahn and the director are really good friends. Oh, and yeah. So it was his way of getting her. Of course, I, I also wanted to mention her because she's, mm-hmm. uh, she's also already in the MCU now it's as uh, Agatha Harkin. Uh, yeah. Agatha Harkness. I'm gonna get yes. it all right. Yeah. There we go. Um, and and Disney, of course, just announced that apparently she's getting her own Disney Plus show. Yep. Coming, so we'll get to see more of her.
1: So uh, before we leave, did you do you see the uh, that she's shown to you very early in the movie? So she's yes. the video playing in science yeah. class when uh, Miles comes in late. But
0: yeah, because Miles even mentions that later. He goes, to saw yeah. her in a documentary yeah, in class." Okay, moving on to Aaron Davis, the Prowler. Yep. Uh, I figured he deserved uh, acknowledgement here. Um, now, uh, in the comics, he he also was the Prowler. He was not the first Prowler. Mm-hmm. He takes on the mantle of the Prowler. Uh, he, of course, first appeared in Ultimate Spider-Man number one uh, in November of two thousand eleven, when Miles Morales uh, was taking over, and. <laughs> Got another uh, Marvel connection here. He is voiced by, uh, and I'm going to butcher this, uh, Mahershala, is that how you pronounce his mm-hmm. name? Yeah. Ali, uh, who of course is now Blade in yeah. the MCU. Yep. So He's another um, one. What, I,
1: I, maybe yeah, I spoke too soon earlier about Leave Schreiber. Uh, I would not have told you that this was Ali uh, either. He did an incredible job of of projecting a completely different voice. Just as you know, as a voice actor, I, I'm very impressed with his chops in this movie. But
0: so, what are your thoughts about the fact that Donald Glover has actually already played Aaron Davis in Spider Man Homecoming?
1: I had actually totally forgot that 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 went down. I've um. Yeah, you never see him as the Prowler.
0: No, you don't obviously. see him as he's, he's he's selling the weapons out of the back right. of his van.
1: Yeah, he's just kind yeah. of a, a, a you know, low level criminal, whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't know that that would be a really interesting character to see in the MCU. I don't know that he was the Prowler yet. I mean, that's kind of it. Seems like he's just begun his life of crime. And of course, you know they they wanted Donald Glover to be part of it. There was actually a, a talk about him being Miles Morales uh, yeah. for a while because you know? he
0: was he was the inspiration for the look of the character.
1: Yeah, and uh, he's a huge Spider-Man nerd and wanted to be tied to it. So um, you know he he wanted to be included. So it'd be fun to get more Donald Glover in that role. But I mean you know, obviously there's not, there doesn't need to be any real connection between the two. So.
0: Yeah. Uh, finally, uh, cause again, we could spend all day talking about characters here. <laughs> I mean, no offense. Uh, love Lily Tomlin as aunt may, but we'll, we'll move on from, from that. Yeah. Uh, I just want to hit very quickly for those of you who don't stay for end credits. Who are you? Um, have you never watched a Marvel movie? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, At the end of the credits, uh, we do get a tease of Miguel O'Hara, a.k.a. Spider-Man 2099. 2099. Uh, And and his possible needing to get to Miles. I I wasn't 100% clear on what his reason for needing to be able to travel through the dimensions are. And then, of course, they just play it off as a joke. Uh, of the famous meme of the Spider-Man pointing to each other. Yeah. Uh, So it was kind of silly. And then we're talking about all these big actors and then you got Oscar Isaac voicing him. Right. Just Just out out of of nowhere.
1: Yeah, I know it is fantastic. You got to wonder if just like Oscar Isaac wasn't like on the next sound stage over one day. And they were like, Hey man, like uh, (laughs) you, you want to come and do this real quick or something? I don't know. Um, (laughs) Yeah. so i one of my favorite parts of the movie and and i like lots of parts of this movie so uh i was a huge (laughs) 2099 fan when it first appeared um i I was in the 90s yeah and and i was the perfect age for that and it was such a cutting edge look and you know it was so different than than the spider-man you had as a kid and um and it was just interesting and i I mean, obviously, comic books have always been on the cutting edge of inclusivity or whatever you want to call it. But they, they kind of bumped it up to a next level, even with uh, just kind of an ethnic ambiguity of the character's name and stuff like that. Like, it's very, very interesting. And he's a huge part of the Spider-Verse uh, comic run. So I think that also was Lord Miller kind of poking the bear a little bit that they knew they're they're letting you know without spelling it out that like hey man they know what what the comics were and that uh hopefully we'll be back and here we are a few years later and they're making part two so i'm pretty happy
0: do you love movies of a certain age do you miss the days of vhs tapes and vcrs and video rental stores is the thought of another 80s movie being remade seem inconceivable If you want to go back to school, back to the future, or even back to the beach, then the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast is for you. I'm Tim Williams, the creator and host, and on each episode, I'm joined by a guest co-host as we revisit a different 80s flick to discuss our first-time watch memories, iconic scenes, and even learn some behind-the-scenes stories along the way. New episodes drop every other Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. So make like a tree, get out of here and go listen to an episode of the 80s flick flashback podcast. All right, so let's get into those moving panels. This one's interesting because it's a very it's amazing storyline. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they use none of it yeah. in, the, <laughs> yeah. in the movie.
1: I actually, so. I was thinking as I read it, I was like, man, and we thought that, uh, that they veered way off of the comic and, in, in old man Logan versus Logan. Like these, they're spider people. That's the total That's extent of the connection. Of the connection. It. Like it's. Yeah.
0: And this movie at least reined it in and only made it five different, uh, dimensions coming yeah. in. Versus the, the storyline, which just goes everywhere. Yeah, I'm, there's um, like
1: 45 or more Spider-People. It's, it's wild.
0: So the storyline takes place through The Amazing Spider-Man number 15 through... Or not 15, excuse me. Ends at 15. Mm-hmm. 9 through 15. Uh, although there are some sp- specific side stories that were written just to go along with the storyline. There's a Spider-Verse uh like three issue run. There's a Spider-Man team up run made specifically for this storyline. Scarlet Spiders. There Edging was a the Spider-Woman yeah. connection. There's a Spider-Man 2099. Mm-hmm. You have to go off and read those to read kind of what's happening with some of the other Spider-Men as they're uh facing these uh multi-dimensional vampire like creatures called the Inheritors. Yep. Uh, I didn't quite understand. The one thing they never explain is what is the... Why does it have to be the spider, as they call it, the spider totem? Yeah. Like, why is it the spider totem that they have to consume? They never really explain that in the comic run.
1: And unlike say a blade run in a typical vampiric setting they're not trying to farm spider people they're trying to wipe them out as yes. well so it I uh, know I agree with you that's probably the flimsiest part of this particular comic run you don't really understand who yeah. or what these guys are but similar again going back to old man logan they're they're kind of this weird group of almost hillbillies like they there's a lot of yeah. infighting in the family, and, you know, it kind of, I don't know, obviously a few of them are smarter than the others, you know, it's it's a very strange dynamic. Uh, I mean, you have the whole episode where, um, where a team of spider uh, people are only able to escape because you have a brother and sister that show up f- fighting the one that has all but defeated six Spider-Men at the same time. And they're able to escape because of this infighting in the family and everything. It's, it it is a very strange villain. Um, I, I I think they almost had to do something like that though, in the sense that I don't think you can just transplant any given villains that we already have in the Spider Universe to do this. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe you could tell the story where Norman Osborn figures out there's other universes and goes around trying to kill all of the Spider-Men or something like, but I don't know this, this was kind of fun and different. So.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that, but the, the, really the story of the inheritors is so weak because you don't know why they're after the spider totems other than by Ingesting, and they say ingest; they don't Mm -hmm. actually eat them. It's like they suck their life force out. Yeah, that by doing that, it's it increases their power, and yet they still can die. But then their clones come back. So that's how that's how they're actually immortal is because they're cloning themselves, and then there's this. They, they have found this one dimension that seems to be the center of all of the multiverse. And there's a web. Yeah. And there's the spider that's on the web that's I'm forming trying. all of this and controls all of this. And part of me's going, wait, wh- so wouldn't he also be like a really powerful spider for them? Nope. To- yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, and even the name, I'm not 100% sure what they were inheriting. Like, yeah, it, it's a very strange dynamic. Um,
0: and they were trying to get re- control of, they wanted control of all the multiverse. But even when... Um, and then there's oh, a prophecy. Man. Of course there's a prophecy.
1: Which one of them is it? Uh, I can't remember the name of... They all have very strange and hard-to-pronounce names also. Yeah, uh, the, and then the there was one, like
0: two of them that were interchangeable. As far well, as the
1: one—I w- uh, keep wanting to say Kane, but that's not—that's one of the no, spider Man. Kane was one
0: of the spider Man. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but the one that betrays the Inheritors, that actually turns coat. I can't remember his uh, name. Like, But the way yeah. he describes it, he's not like, I'll betray my family or, you know, and he, he says he's rejecting his inheritance. And you're like, okay, I'm not really sure what that means, but cool.
0: Which that one, was it, oh, my mind's going blank. Was it Karn? Yes. Was that Karn? Yes, yes, yeah. yes.
1: That's why I keep trying to interchange it with Kane.
0: So uh, they, and I didn't go back I mean, back there's to only read... like
1: 94 names to remember in this, so, you know. So...
0: <laughs> yeah. So I didn't go back to read the story, but... Uh, apparently, he had already faced off against Spider-Man. Right. Like, the main timeline Spider-Man. Right. And he had lost, and so that's why he had been I thought that was exiled.
1: Morlin. I thought that was... Or maybe the, it was Moreland. Fir- I think it's Moreland, the first one you meet.
0: But... Okay. So, I, again, I don't know. So, no, I, no, I guess... Because... <laughs> We're getting confused. Yeah, this is why this is all getting confused. <laughs> no, because Karn... Karn's the one that has the mask on. And then he ends up at the end of the story. He becomes the Master Weaver, mm-hmm. which made me go, wait, is this a time circle thing? Because right. the Master Weaver, the one that w- uh, ends up being killed um,
1: by Superior by, Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, Superior Spider-Man. He also had a mask the entire time. I thought there was going to be some reveal. Uh, and I didn't, remember yeah, they, never thought about that well but then they don't they take his mask off I'm trying to remember now uh, they take his mask off and they just go yeah you're nobody yeah um, like after it, Superior Spider-Man kills him I don't know which sh- that's another thing the whole su- Superior spider so this storyline is also <laughs> I was about heavily to say. connected <laughs> yeah. to the Superior Spider-Man storyline where Doc Ock uh, is in the body his of brain Peter is
1: in Peter Parker's body Yeah.
0: Yeah, and uh, they do a the whole thing where when he meets with the main timeline Peter Parker, right, uh, which they call the Chosen One, right. he thinks that it's a past version of him, when it's actually the future version of him because well, he's yeah. already, yeah, he's won afraid over that. of
1: creating a paradox if he kills our Spider Man and our spy and Key Spider Man, the Chosen, whatever you want to call him, has to use that because Superior Spider Man. Kind of is smarter and superior, so uh, and obviously less ethical. So he was go ready to kill our Spider Man, but yeah, we find out that Superior Spider Man is actually the one that brought most of the Spider Men together, he's the one that brainchilds, um, you know, all of them getting together. He's we see it through his eyes, which is a cool storytelling method. So he goes to 2099. Uh, has to find a way back from that. Uh, I'm obviously way oversimplifying all this. And then when he comes yeah. back, he starts finding dead Spider-Man. And so you see like a, a dead uh, iron spider. I'm trying to remember who all it is, but several there's several incarnations of Spider-Man that are killed and Superior Spider-Man finds them. And he starts uh, theorizing that he needs to collect the ones that are still survived, have survived to defeat whatever it is that is killing the Spider-Man. So he starts team building and it's a, even that's a really cool um, book when he saves, uh, what is it? Spider-Man India and Spider-Man India is like, I would be honored to be, you know, the first of your team of Spider-Man. And then he pops into where he's got 10 other Spider-Man stowed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's pretty cool
0: so I, I I can't get away from the inheritors uh, <laughs> yeah like were they, because this was my other problem with it, were they too powerful of characters that the writer do you think wrote himself into a corner and then because to me the way hmm. that they dis- you know the way that they defeat them at the end just seems kind of like a okay well that's over
1: Yeah, no, I could understand that. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't really think about it through that lens, but yeah, they they were. That and I'm not sure. He made them such a pointed tool against Spider-Man that you run the risk of making the whole thing seem very... You know, you, it would be hard to take seriously if you had to bring in other Marvel characters to defeat him. Does that yeah. make any sense at all? Like, So it's, it's. Yeah.
0: So so instead. Yeah. Just to go, go into this part. So instead, you've got Solus, who is their father, mm-hmm. who is, you know, they keep in shadow for the first few times you see him. You just get these panels of like really close up on his face. Mm-hmm. You don't get a good look at him. Uh, Then he finally shows up and, eh, okay, he's just a big, you know, Santa Claus looking dude. Uh, And then he apparently is the most powerful one of all of them. He takes on that cosmic Spider-Man mm-hmm. who's like a god and just destroys him as if not- he was nothing.
1: Even that one's a little weird. I kind of wonder what the writer backed himself into on that one because he doesn't really tell you what... Whatever you want to call him. I think that's a great name for lack of a different one. Cosmic Spider Man. Pow- he has the powers of the universe. Yeah. That's his powers.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: And he was powerful enough that he has the uh, spider sanctuary where all the Spider Men can hide.
0: Yeah. The safe zone, as they call it. Yeah.
1: And so, yo, I do agree. And then you're right. Like the the father just shows up and. Just run, goes face to face with him and sucks his soul out.
0: Yeah, You're just like, demolishes oh, okay. him and suck. Yeah, sucks. His soul. But then, so so going back, so what does it take to stop him? Well, let's just have the cane Spider Man turn into a giant spider. <laughs> yeah, and then just s- stab him with his legs. Uh, I was just really. <laughs> That, that's how we're gonna end this. That's, yeah, man. That's how we're gonna end this. Um, yeah. Okay. And you're and then, wondering course,
1: why Lord Miller wrote a different villain. I don't mean come on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so again, we talked enough about the the storyline, and I mean, it's just very different. It is a good, great read, read though. It great is a great read. Yeah, it is a great read. Highly recommend it. I mean, I started and finished it within a week, uh, and that's with working and having kids and it being around Christmas time and all the stuff that goes with that. But it got through it. It's a great read. Highly recommend it. But let's get back into kind of its connection with the movie.
1: Now that we've confused everyone. and
0: Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So, of course, like we said at the beginning, the only connection it has with the movie is the idea of a Spider-Verse. Right. Yeah, pretty much. That's really it. I mean, we do start off with the death of a Spider-Man, which is how the storyline yeah. starts off, Yeah. Is we see a death of a Spider-Man. So, we have <sighs> actually...
1: I, I almost argued that, the, that all of the Spider-Men are from the book, but that's not altogether true, either. I mean, I don't know. I mean, because you have Spider-Man... You have Peter Parker, and you have Peter B. Parker mm. in in the movie, which you don't really see that blatant of a nah. double in the in the comic run. Uh, yeah, but the I mean, the I... other Spider Men that join Miles Morales, who also is in the books, we didn't really mention him when we were going through that, but he's also in the books. Mm. Uh, so you have, but Miles is not the main character by a long shot.
0: No. No, it is just Peter Parker. Regular Peter Parker. Yeah, regular Peter Parker. Uh, I, You know, I mentioned this earlier in the episode and uh, forgot to come back to it, so I want to come back to it. There's a part in the comics where two of the spider man while they're in a fight, run out of uh, web fluid. Mm-hmm. And so while they're reloading, they're just chatting with each other. In the middle of this battle, they're yeah. just chatting with each other. Yeah. And they talk about all the different spider man that they're seeing. And they were like, yeah, there was this one dude, could have swear uh, he took his mask off, Look, just like the guy from Seabiscuit.
1: Yeah. yeah. Which, of course, is Tobey Maguire. Toby McGuire. And then
0: the other guy says, yeah, I saw one that reminded me of the guy from the Social Network. Yeah. Which is referring to Andrew Garfield. Yeah. So I, I got a kick out of that. Uh, and, I mean, you do get
1: some really... I know we were trying to get away from the book, but there are some really, really interesting kind of twists on how to do Spider-Man. And I'm not sure... I would venture to guess that somebody had read a lot of Batman and decided to also, you know, take a, a Batman an alternate universe Batman stab at Spider-Man and makes Uncle Ben Spider-Man. Yeah. And uh which is that one's really kind of interesting cuz apparently Peter Parker tried to get him to use it to make money, not to, you know, save people yeah. and everything and so it's it's pretty interesting.
0: And they do a uh Aunt May Spider-Man too. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. That was and, pretty... and
1: Assassin Spider-Man and I mean, you name it, if if anybody's ever been remotely had spider powers, they were they were in the book, even Black Widow, despite the fact that she has never been given any spider powers, has a spider name. So she was in the book. So
0: mm-hmm. yeah, there you go. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> but going back, so it's kind of pretty cool that we are recording this episode today uh, I'll go ahead and you know reveal this episode will come out on this. Uh, it's coming out this Monday. We're recording it on Saturday, uh, the 4th, and they just released a little bit more information about the sequel. Oh. Um, yeah. So I have not watched it yet, but I have heard that there is a uh, at least a quick shot or a reference or something to Spider-Woman who is a main part of the... I mean, a really main part of right. the, the storyline. Because um, we end up finding out in the comic that uh, the Master Weaver actually altered small parts of the web so that Jessica Cruz... Not Jessica Cruz. What's her name? Jes- Jessica...
1: I honestly... Was just looking it up. It's
0: Jessica Drew. Yeah, Drew, not Cruz. Drew. Wow, I never realized how close those were. <laughs> yeah. DC has a Green Lantern named Jessica Cruz. Right. And Spider Woman is Jessica Drew. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I thought Jessica uh, Drew, but that was I don't know. Anyways, yes. Yeah. So they have. Uh, so in the comic, the Master Weaver altered it so that she became a handmade slash. Lover of one of the inheritors mm-hmm. so that when the main timeline, Spider Woman came there, she could switch places with her and again, their story that story is so it's
1: very convoluted. yeah, yeah,
0: so convoluted. It's interesting, but, but yeah, with that being said, so we've got the new the sequel for this is coming out next year. October of next year is the the date they have right now. And they are titling it Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Which I think is a very interesting title. Yeah. Because to me that implies that instead of the Spider-Verse coming to Miles, it makes it sound to me like Miles is going to travel through the Spider-Verse.
1: Well, I mean, we do get the end credit scene, like right as the credits roll. Uh, that... Um... That Gwen Stacy's Spider Gwen is communicating two miles, mm-hmm. like right as it kicks off. So I mean, they did kind of. I feel like, anyways, they told you where they were going to take it, uh, and even his little monologue about that, like he just knows that he's not alone. That you know, there's there are others like him, kind of thing. Uh, that altogether read to me that he's going to venture into other worlds than his own. To me,
0: yeah. And so I'm curious, you know, will we get to see some of these other? I mean, they've obviously yeah. already shown us Spider-Man 2099. Uh, you know, now they're showing Spider Woman. You know, will we get to see some of these other versions of Spider? Will we get Spider Monkey, which there's a little bit in the yeah, old in man the, uh, Spider? Yeah. So,
1: uh, so but to to be fair, like just to play devil's advocate for a second, do they run the risk of? just rehashing loki
0: oh yeah well see that's the other thing so we i guess we have to assume that this is not connected to the mcu at all Uh, i mean i know i know
1: it's (laughs) we have a multiverse and then a multiverse all from the marvel universe and they're not connected i don't know man like (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah and see that's that's what's so weird is because Sony is the one the one uh, studio that has still been able to hold out with the Marvel uh, yeah. ex- uh, well Disney expansion um, in which Marvel has gotten back a lot of their characters. Uh, you know, Sony's still holding on strong. Right. The the Spider Man license and just using those characters. Again, we got Venom Let There Be Carnage. I was We're about, about, to, about say, to get some Morbius. Mood, some bad. Yeah. <laughs> We're about to get Morbius. And of course they're doing it through these this uh Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse Uh I failed to mention the title not only is Across the Spider-Verse, it's Across the Spider-Verse Part One. Yeah. That is the official title of the movie. Is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part One. Nice. So um, very curious. So I actually want to do something with you, Chad. Since uh, this just came out, like uh, like it literally came out just a few hours ago before we we started. Uh, yeah, yeah. We started running. We're gonna pause, and we are going to watch the little teaser that came out, and then we'll we'll come back on, and we will kind of talk about our uh, reaction to it. So hang tight with us. And uh, of course, it'll seem like nothing in this edit. But uh, but we'll come back and tell you what we think. All right. So we just watched the, uh, the trailer there. Now, I don't know where people are getting the Spider-Woman thing that I read. Uh, unless those flashes you see at the end, somebody's doing some pausing and seeing yeah. what's in some of those little shatters. Uh, so we see... Miles get visited by Gwen. We see a, then. A direct Miles...
1: continuation of yes. the end of the first movie. So yeah.
0: um then we see Miles fall through what appears to be a portal into the multiverse. Mm-hmm. He ends up in a very animated, like more so like pop animated right. uh, world where he is then attacked. Uh, it looked like attacked. By yeah. uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2099. 20. Yeah, very interesting little teaser yeah. that they yeah, gave us is. there. And, and then playing off of the possible relationship between Gwen Stacy, Spider-Gwen, and Miles, which I know has happened in the comics.
1: Yeah, so. yeah, I'm pretty excited. It looks good. Um, it, the, the thing that stuck out to me was the shifting into a, a completely different animation style. Uh, as he went through the portal, that was pretty slick. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to watch that a few more times. uh...
0: (laughs) But yeah, you have to break it down, pause, and see what little details we can we can see and all that. It, however, reminded me of something I actually wanted to bring up because we see some stuff floating around in Miles's uh, bedroom, and one of them is one of his Spider-Man comics. Yes, which made me. Bring up so Spider-Man comics exist in a world with Spider-Man,
1: as do not apparently only Spider-Man cartoons, Spider-Man popsicles, Spider-Man Christmas albums. Yeah, I mean,
0: but my thing was the comic because yeah. when Miles is bitten, he you know has this little experience where he's getting stuck to stuff and things are happening, and then he gets his Spider-Man comic and he sees to
1: figure out how to do
0: it and but part of me is going so in the comics do we know that he's peter parker (laughs) Parker. yeah Uh,
1: (laughs) well i mean they're really meta about the comic book relationship in the movie i actually i wanted to bring this up the point that they use the like first issue covers to introduce each one and I think as a storytelling element, it was brilliant. Like It just, it kind of seamlessly rolls through it. You get to pause and get an origin story for each of these characters without it's taking a lot of time. It doesn't draw you away from the main story. It's, you know, just their little synopsis of their issue one. It seems like uh, it, almost every time we get a new Spider-Man. And it gives you the payoff at the end when you get Miles's Book thrown onto the pile of mm-hmm. all the other spider-man books that we've got and and it's just a i personally think it's a fantastic uh just storytelling tool that they used yeah. uh but but it is kind of weird in the, in the sense that you're talking about that he learns from a spider-man book how to be spider-man like it was, it was just mm-hmm. already built in but but they had even preempted that in the sense that when you meet Spider-Man before Miles is even introduced or bitten or anything, you have Spider-Man telling you about his life as if it's, you know, this, this stuff's all entwined into yeah. it, you know, it's pretty cool.
0: But which you brought in the, uh, the album, I want to point out again for people who <laughs> did, who don't sit through the credits, you get to hear the entire song <laughs> in the credits. Do. So I just want to point that out. All right. Well, I think with that conversation, we've moved into our final decisions, uh, whether we bag it, stack it, or trade it. You know, the, <laughs> our final decisions start to become very obvious as we <laughs> we go through these, especially when it's me and you talking. Yeah. Um. So, so go ahead, Chad. What do you say?
1: <laughs> so, okay. I have to caveat this a little bit, and probably no listener cares, but uh, this movie holds a very special place in my heart. Uh, Because when my daughter was born, um, uh, sorry, when my son was born and was very, very young, my daughter was just two years old and uh, she had not really sat through any movie that was not, uh, you know, a blues clues related, you know, something (laughs) very, very, very uh, short and children uh, centric. And I wanted to see this movie very, very bad. Uh, It had just come to, I did not get to see it at the theater, unfortunately. It had just come to video. And so late one night with kids keeping us up, me and my daughter sat down and watched Into the Spider-Verse. And she was mesmerized, which I'm assuming you've seen the movie, you know, as a listener. Uh, I can understand why it's like an acid trip. Uh, with all the you know the colors and everything else so she was very into it so it was the first movie that she ever watched she and I sat there uh, you know it's kind of a big deal to me Uh, so I have to kind of say that and that I I have an inherent bias but that being said I honestly think I could make a case that this should have not won best animated feature but best feature at the Academy Awards the year it came out Uh, statement I think that, man, I think at, at, at virtually every portion of movie making, you could make the case that this is like just very, very high level storytelling. The soundtrack is perfect. The, the songs they choose are amazing. Um, which the st- start to interrupt
0: you, yeah, yeah. but the, the teaser we just watched, the music that plays yeah, still uses the, sunflower. The of the, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. um uh the score is great the the how they tell you you know emotionally that things are happening through the use of music is fantastic the way that they draw the story out using comic book elements like we were talking about using the actual comic books and giving you these you know neat little Referencing the fact that, yeah, you, you're you in on the joke, you know what comic books are, this is how origin stories happen, so they just give it to you that way, and uh, stuff like that. I even think that the the way they animated it, so that there's so many scenes where it just has that slight blur from... Mm-hmm from the old school cheap comic book printing that was it was incorporated into the movie all of that stuff is so genius and they understood their audience so well i just i really think it's a brilliant movie it's really well told like they know their audience they know who they're talking to who they're emotionally appealing to uh and how to do it well and even the fact that you're going to have multiple generations of people watching this movie because you know as a guy at 40 years old i'm identifying a little more with peter b parker and you get the payoff at the end where he kind of gets to have his moment of realization as as miles lets him go and go back into his world as he has his moment of doubt and everything uh it's just a really 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 well told story i think there's you know, to be very cliche, something in it for everybody. Like you don't have to be a Spider-Man fan. They don't drag you through the the comic book stuff in the sense that you don't have to know, uh, you know, uh, Earth one six one or it, you know any of the that sort of stuff. It's just incredibly well told story. So I, I uh, agree. so so stack it. I'm just totally I'm
0: just agree. Kidding. I'm right there. <laughs> Just c- it, you're saying all this as you kept talking. I'm like, okay, Chad. Chad's giving me nothing to add. <laughs> Sorry, um, man. no, you're uh, good. I'm right there with you. I echo a lot of what you said. I again think the storytelling. This is one of the best, uh, best in the in terms of storytelling. Mm-hmm. One of the best comic book movies in existence. You know, yeah. live action, animated uh, in terms of storytelling. But yes, the animation. I love, this is, and I know we've talked about this uh, in with others, but I could definitely say at any point, you just hit the pause button, you're looking at a frame. You're looking yeah, at a panel. At a panel, yep. Yeah. Uh, done. Period. Doesn't matter what's happening. You hit pause, that's panel. Um, so I, I, I totally agree with everything you just said. I'm right there with you. I have no, my... Like I said, my only problem with the movie, and this is a weak thing to have a problem with, is the fact that it's two hours, and yeah. that's really my only problem with it. That's that.
1: That and, being said, I don't know what you could cut.
0: I don't uh, either. You know, we moves, talked about earlier. Yeah, you know.
1: it moves so well. Back to the whole it being such a well-told story. There's none of it where you go like, man, that was kind of slow. That didn't really keep pace with the rest of the movie or anything. Like it, it just. And, and almost all the characters get some sort of payoff. I mean, obviously to varying degrees because Spider-Ham is not going to have a, you know, super yeah. touching emotional moment, but it's uh, it's an incredible movie.
0: It is. It absolutely is. Uh, so again, if you haven't seen it, I mean, go see it. Even if we have spoiled it for you, <laughs> yeah. still go see it. Yep. Yeah. Get out there and see it. Find, find it on somewhere. Borrow it from somebody.
1: So I I don't know. I could talk about this movie for hours and hours and hours. Of course, you know, me and you could talk about most movies for hours. But yeah. uh just one of the few points that really show like what a good story uh it, it was is you get the uh time when Miles does he turns the corner. He's um you know embraced his powers he's going to go catch up with with the other spider-men that are going to to stop the collider and keep the universe from imploding and you know all this kind of stuff and he goes to aunt may's house and goes into spider-man's shed whatever you want to call it and she's waiting for him and she yeah. clearly believed in him and that he was yeah. going to come like all the the other spider-men had even kind of written him off that he had, he wasn't far enough along yet. And you get the thing from her. What took you so long? Yeah. It took you long, <laughs> long enough. It makes me smile. man. I just, there's such a, a great payoff from all of it.
0: No, I agree. And you talking about your daughter sitting down to watch it. I mean, my daughter watched it with me as I was, uh, I mean, she had seen it with me when I first saw it, mm-hmm. but watching it to prep for this episode, she's watching it with me. And of course, you know, she's a little bit older than she was when we first watched it, and you know she's a little bit older than your daughter, mm-hmm. and and we talked about how much is in this movie, and she's questioning all of it, <laughs> and I'm going, I, I I I can't answer that right now. We don't
1: have three days to go over this. Or, yeah, there's there's too much here for me to explain
0: to you. Um, but your thing about how it visually, uh, visually goes after kind of the younger audience. Uh, it reminds me a lot, uh, not reminds me because this movie came afterwards uh, and it was from the same people, but it was the same thing with that, the Mitchells versus the machines mm-hmm. that came on Netflix. It has that same storytelling yeah, uh, element and it's, it's framed pretty much the same way you could, like I just said with that, you could really hit pause during that movie just about at any point. And it looks like a panel out of a comic. So yeah, they've really got something with this style of animation. And I'm curious to see more of it, And to be honest.
1: Yeah, the ones that get, that get... I won't say overly, because as a comic book guy, I, of course, appreciate it. But it was kind of funny watching it with my wife the first time. She was like, is this movie supposed to be in 3D? Like, are we supposed to have glasses on to watch this? And you're like, no, sweetie. Like, that's just... That's the way old comic books were. They, they, everything had to go to the printer pretty fast, and colors mm-hmm. didn't always line up, and you know all that kind of stuff. So, nope.
0: yeah, not all the colors were were say line up. Not all the colors were actually in the lines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, all right. Well, I, I think that about wraps it up uh, for us here again. Like we've always said, Chad and I can talk for hours <laughs> on any of these topics, and we could continue on to this but we're gonna go ahead and end it for now thanks for listening please follow us on social media let your friends know about this awesome podcast that is moving panels uh go out and support our sister podcast uh the 80s flick flashback with tim and uh hey we might even grow some more podcasts in our little community here but uh for today thanks chad um it was a pleasure and um if uh uh, for, for the sake of the podcast, I know you and I will talk again, but for the sake of the podcast, uh, I just want to wish you uh, happy holidays.
1: Yeah, you too,
0: man. Because I don't know if we'll do another episode between now and uh, the new year. <laughs> yeah. But, but you and I um, will definitely talk uh, outside of the podcast. But for everybody else out there, enjoy the beginning of this holiday season. We're going to bring you uh, Christmas episodes uh, coming soon, so look out for those. Uh, but for today... For Moving Panels, I'm Laramie Wells, and I'll see you on the other side of the page!